you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. Howdy, Podnas. Welcome to a very special edition of the Gumbo Show, where the three acolytes of Louisiana's greatest dish discuss everything to do with a perfect bowl. In Mandeville, like always, I'm the disciple whom Gumbo loved, Feynman Roberts, and joining me always, as always, are the sons of thunderously good Gumbo, Brent Barksdale in Texas, and Dave Huguenel in Northern Virginia. What's happening, fellas? What's up? What's up? Yep, today we are joined by another very special guest, like Brent, a resident of Texas, Austin specifically, where he owns and runs the Armadillo Den Bar and Restaurant, and more importantly, puts on a gumbo cook-off every year that has even had Brent as a judge. Brett Berry, welcome to the show. Well, howdy, y'all. I know we tried to get the howdy, y'alls out. Howdy. I'll go ahead and get howdy. that for you. Howdy, 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 howdy. How we doing? Yeah. Thanks for yeah. having me, guys. I appreciate it. I love some gumbo, and I'm excited to see what we get into today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, I think... It may have been either the first or second contest I've ever judged, but you, I think you made my dream a reality. I've had a, a dream in life was to judge a gumbo contest, and Brett allowed me to do that. And uh, what Brett does in Austin, he just makes dreams come true. And you think I'm kidding, but it's true. So um, because he runs bars, restaurants in Austin, and he puts on a lot of live music, so a lot of musicians know Brett because he gives them their shot and he lets them play his venues, and he's a big supporter of the Austin music scene and the culinary scene as well, which is interesting. And that brings me to my main question. You live in Texas. You're from Texas. Why are you on this gumbo podcast, Brett? Well, you called me, brother. You tell I me. I know. No, um, <laughs> you know, so... <clears throat> Funny enough, I, uh, I I used to I started my kind of culinary career, if you want to call it that, uh, cooking crawfish with a buddy of mine, Simeon Bassinger from uh, from Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's right. Um, we've been cooking crawfish together for damn near 10, 12 years. Um, I had a little had a little crawfish company for a while. Learned a lot from Simeon, and um, you know that kind of introduced me to a lot of these Cajun guys that that man I really enjoy. It's just like what we do in Texas, but y'all just got a different accent. That's all it is. Um, we like to hang out. We like to cook on the weekends, and um, that introduced me to a buddy of mine, Brian Tolbert, who uh, runs Operation Turkey in Austin. They feed over sixty thousand people a year, which is a amazing work that they do. Um, and he was looking for a fundraiser and, and loves gumbo as well. And loves he's a Texas boy, same as me, and, and you know loves just getting together and cooking. And that's really what it's all about. And, uh, had done the gumbo cook-off at other locations, but it really fit Rustic Tap uh, better. And and we went ahead and moved it there, and it was a big hit for for four years going now. So um, we even found a way to do it this last year. Brent Brent judged, and we socially distanced and and uh, had everybody cook in the back. And that's one thing I really like about it is you can cook your roux um, and your broth offsite, but everything has to be put in the in the pot on site at the same time. And it's just a big camaraderie event and uh, for a good cause. So. Yeah, that's really how I got into gumbo. And and if you know anything about me, I get, um, let's call it obsessive at times about things. And I wasn't going to jump in and cook something unless I knew I could do it justice and that I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do anything that would be a, a sin, if you guys will, uh, to the dish. So I really put in a, a probably 200 to 250 hours of, of studying and uh, 
looking it up before I, I even attempted my first first batch and it's gone well. So I've uh, had your gumbo and I can attest. So tell us the history of how you got I know you mentioned to me how it started with chili that correct. transitioned into the gumbo. Yeah, so I did a lot of chili cook-offs. Um, Texas, where it's our it's our gumbo, if you will. Chili is, um, and there's a lot of myths to, to chili that people also in Texas that we're going to get into later with some history of gumbo uh, that they don't know and they don't they don't care to know because it's more it's just more uh, fashionable to be to be pop you know to say beans don't go in chili. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm hungover, gentlemen. <laughs> Beans Love it. Go and chili, sounds, by the way. It sounds like you need a nice bowl of gumbo. I could totally crush a gumbo right now. I had one yesterday that my mom made, and I will say it's delicious because my mother made it. Um, in Granberry, because Granberry, I live ten minutes from your mom, so That's right. That's um, right. Just text uh, me; I'll be there. Well, I didn't. I didn't want you to come over and, and judge my mother's gumbo. <laughs> it was just a, an afternoon gumbo. If it's free, I'm not judging. That's fair. There you go. Um, so just to kind of get into it, yeah, the, the pivot from, from chili to, to gumbo, I actually did not cook for the first two chili, uh, gumbo cook-offs we had. Um, the first year that Brent actually judged was my first year to do the gumbo cook-off and I got second place. Second place. That's right. Some really of course, stuff. I don't know. It was a blind judging, Correct. but yeah. I think oh, I could yeah. figure out which you was yours. Follow the rules. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta follow the rules. And, but um, I yeah. followed the rules, but I think you did. It was awesome gumbo, by the way. You just had a you had a ringer in the contest, I think. That's that girl is a talented young lady. She's great. She's a head chef over at Rosedale, and they they do good things. We had some head chefs. Uh, we had about six head chefs from different restaurants that came in to cook. Um, and again, it's all for a good cause, and then we just like to get around and take some take some shots and beers in the morning, and it's a good time. But um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty taken back that I did as well as I did. I did not expect to get in the top six. So um, yeah, I've I've really just kind of taking that and run with it from there. I mean, um, yeah, I really enjoy cooking gumbo. It's, it's a labor of love. And when you're done, most people can appreciate what you've done because it's taken so long. And if they don't, you just don't ever talk to those people again. That's how right. was the, how was the, yeah. go ahead, Feynman. Well, I was going to ask, uh, cause I have not had your gumbo. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you describe your gumbo for me? What kind of gumbo did you cook and, and mm -hmm. what did you, how did you do it? And do it yeah, slowly so, in a sexy voice, please. Oh, just yeah. kidding. Go ahead. All right. No, um, I do a I do a, a seafood Creole style gumbo. Um, very very dark roux. I know that you guys like that here. Um, very thick. I know that you guys also enjoy. I've listened to the other podcasts, so I, I, I'm cheating a little bit. Um, one thing I do is I add tomatoes, which I wanted to point out, Brent, that you do like my my gumbo and there's tomatoes in it, and that's because it is a Creole yep, style good. gumbo. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, it's it's very dark, very thick. Um, there's some little tricks of the trade I do to make it very seafood heavy and forward on the on the broth and the flavor. And I think that that is a I have found that that is a very uh, polarizing uh, taste to some. I love when it has I mean, I walk away from cooking my gumbo and I usually smell like crab and shrimp for three, three or four days. Some people don't like that. I personally think it's why I do it. I mean, it's I want it to taste just like a bowl of seafood broth that's so thick that you, you don't even need the shrimp even. So that's what usually gets me. I, I either it either people love it and I'm I'm a winner, or people absolutely hate it and they say things that are not, that are hateful and I hate those people. So <laughs> see, but it's yeah. a bold choice for you in a contest. And Jonathan right. Perry pointed this out. Once you uh, a previous guest, once you go seafood in a contest, yeah. that's where you're playing with fire because people yep. there's so it just love opens it up for 
for other people's interpretation of what a gumbo is. Chicken and sausage, down the lane, simple. Yeah, people simple. expect that. Correct. It's a right. bold choice. Um, I will say first and second place, even first place now three years running, the winning bowl of our gumbo competition has been a dark broth seafood seafood gumbo. And it's always me and the girl sitting there from Rosedale going, who's going to win this year? And it's always her. And that's, a, that's it's getting annoying. So I think next year I'm going to have to <laughs> switch it up and maybe do a, uh, a, a duck uh, yes. there's a joke here, but a duck sausage gumbo, which is always a fun joke, but go ahead. What you're going to do is call Jonathan Perry and have a conference and figure it out. And y'all are going to put your heads I think together. We need to get Jonathan Perry and Brett Berry together in Kaplan right. for, a, for a, if you ever a go South to Kaplan, Louisiana gumbo cook off the Berry Perry combo. Yeah. That's right. Unbeatable. Have his name first <laughs> Undefeated. I think it's, it's more preferred. Now, of course you lost the contest because the tomato, but it tasted great. <laughs> I was anyway, just being, I was do we, can we just get into the tomato and just start? If you guys want to get into it, I'd let's like, get into the let's tomato. Do this. Let's do it. All right, here's what's yeah. gonna happen. I'm gonna go on a rant. Tell us, Brett. Do I'm, your I'm rant. Not mad. I just want to. You guys are. You guys are. You guys are good. You're educated men, and you you like what you like. But I want to. I want to dive into this tomato debate. I wanted to dive into where gumbo actually comes from. Louisiana. There is no love, debate. By the way, love, there's no debate. Well, you're, I'm, by the end of this, sir, I will prove you wrong, and I'm excited <laughs> to hear your. I'm, I'm excited to hear your apology to the entire gumbo. Community. Wow! Wow! I, I just, again, I told Brent I was going to ruffle some feathers with you guys because I think it makes for good TV. It's like the real right. Wives, but it's like the That's real gumbo. <laughs> All right. That's right. All this, right. There will be a um, meme of this episode. So, so when you go back in the history of gumbo and what it actually is and where it comes from, it's, it's a West African dish with some European and Native American culture built in as well. Uh, Kigambo is actually the name of okra for mm -hmm. uh, Western African culture. So okra literally translates to gumbo. Um, if you look at filet, like sassafras leaves that have been, you know, uh, dehydrated down and powdered up, there's actually a, a, a seasoning called gumbo that's just gumbo powder that is actually okra. So okra is, is gumbo soup. Um, if you look back in history, a lot of our gumbos that we find in cookbooks from 1940s, 1950s, all the way up till 19, or I'm sorry, 1840s, 1850s, all the way up to 1950, only include okra and tomatoes as a base. No roux. There's no roux until 1950. So this whole debate about dark roux and, and light roux, it, it really doesn't even exist until the 70s, 80s, when we start seeing it more in cookbooks. Before that, it really just stops, starts with tomatoes and okra. And I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were on that because being, you know, the traditions that, that you, you know, traditionalists that you guys are in Louisiana, I just can't imagine that you guys would let that slide and just say no tomatoes. I think we're modern when, traditionalists. When did this, when did yeah. this happen? <laughs> well, but I want to hear Dave. I think Dave's getting riled up here. I'm getting go, Dave. Well, well, so, so I think your, your dates are a little off, but, but you're, but you're basically correct. You're absolutely right that okra was the original thickener, if you will, of a gumbo, right? So a gumbo is, is like you said, sort of like a soup, but it's thicker than a soup. And okra was like the, was the, yes. the key player to begin. In terms of when a roux was introduced, it's actually, there's actually plenty of evidence that shows that it was actually sometime in the mid to late 1800s, not the 1900s, that Cajuns started introducing a roux into a gumbo. I would um, love to see those numbers. I, I, happy, happy to send, happy to send my resources over. He'll circle back with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back. That's a good name. I'll you start, start using resources. Um, 
He's probably now, consulting the Library of Congress, Brett. Now, so. what I think you're referencing, because and and you're absolutely right on this, in terms of a roux-based gumbo in restaurants, that is a very new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, the best I can tell, the the restaurant that really made roux based gumbo kind of famous, if you will, was Commander's Palace. And that was in like the late 1970s, early 1980s, I think. when it was 1976, first. Paul Perome went to yep. there. He was the head chef there. And he's the one who first brought that roux into. Right. Paul Proudhon. Right. But the, thing, but the thing to remember, though, in terms of tomatoes and okra, and the reason that you don't really see them in Cajun versions of gumbo is that they? If you were living outside of New Orleans, if you're living in Cajun country, those were ingredients that were usually not available to you. So you did not have. So that is why, and that's really why you see a difference in Creole gumbo, Cajun gumbo, and and you know, it, it is really really hard to talk about which gumbo is better, right? Because it's it's almost like trying to say like, is chocolate ice cream better than strawberry ice cream? Like it's it's so subjective that there's just you know, and there's and there's times where I personally prefer a Creole gumbo over a Cajun gumbo. But I'd say in terms of what I generally cook, a Cajun gumbo is usually what I go to first. So I would say well, if you're sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I apologize. I, I, I just went through my I did some research on this as well. So I'm with you. The first notice I have is a 1922, the pecan. I don't know how you guys speak this language. I'm sorry. P-I-C-A-N-N-C-A-Y, <laughs> pecan Creole. Uh, is the first roux gumbo I could find because I wrote some dates down just to make sure. 1950s, it became a standard in all cookbooks basically across the South because flour became so, uh, you know, overly available. Um, but again, it seems like Paul Perome was the first guy to really bring it into a a the restaurant scene, and it's really what all of us grew up with as, as gumbo. Correct. So I guess one of my questions would be, where did like? adding tomatoes does it immediately make it creole to you guys or is there is there some wiggle room there where yes gumbo started off as gombo which is okra and, and tomatoes where does the, where do you draw the line just if someone okra. wants to serve you just an okra soup how how mad would you be if it's like the most traditional way to actually well no i mean i would i would certainly call that a creole gumbo i don't know i mean again because if you're a, if you're cooking a cajun gumbo Right. If and let's yeah. say you're you're in you're in Cajun country, you're in uh, let's let's say uh, uh, Kaplan, Louisiana, or Vermilion <laughs> Parish, right? Back uh-huh. in like 1850, and you're making a gumbo, you probably don't have tomatoes available to you. You probably don't have okra, and even if you do, they're probably super expensive because they aren't grown locally. Those are imported through the port of New Orleans at that time. So, a traditional C- Cajun gumbo would not include those ingredients. A traditional Creole gumbo absolutely would right because those right. are more available they're fresher they're like really literally right there by the port that these are coming in at in fact i even think today in terms of like okra uh the the vast majority of the world's okra is still is still grown in asia and parts of africa like only like less than 0.5% of of worldwide okra is actually grown in the united states right so like it's still a very much an imported vegetable that that we use which just adds to the expense and things like that so i don't know if that answers your question or no i just want to know how much you would enjoy a bowl of of okra and tomato soup <laughs> i mean look I'd, I'd love it i'd love it right i just wouldn't call it cajun gumbo that's all it's, it's <laughs> i just would not call it cajun i don't think it gets that that definition is it Creole? i mean i think this is one of those things where we're all like brent and i are probably the oldest 
two guys on here and we're basically children of the 80s. So the tradition, (laughs) the gumbo that we came into was the tradition that began in the second half of the 20th century. And it still is. I mean, that is gumbo. Let's be honest. I mean, that's what we're all used to. I just wanted to to see if I could ruffle you up and get you to admit that tomatoes might go in gumbo. But it sounds like I I won't. Well, I think it's they can go in somebody else's gumbo. (laughs) I'm not going to I'm not going to cook it. I will. I will eat it. And and as I explained, I think once on the show before I had a buddy who brought me some gumbo uh, uh, in December. And I'd made a joke on text about there being, I made a joke saying I didn't want to be the proverbial tomato in the bowl of gumbo. Instead, (laughs) They'll turn the punch bowl line. But, and he said, do you have a problem with tomatoes? And I said, well, I'm generally not in favor. And he said, we'll see if you taste the tomato in my gumbo. Right. And he brought me his gumbo, which by the way, was dark roux gumbo. It also had okra in it. So he had, all of these sort of strands of gumbo and his gumbo was delicious. I've, I've yep. shouted it out a lot of times on the show. His gumbo was fantastic. And so I'm perfectly happy for other people to put that in their gumbo. And I, I will sometimes eat it and be like, it's delicious. I know I don't want to see a gumbo that has a red color to it Fair. because yeah. I can eat a tomato stew or a shrimp Creole or some other dish. That's, that's basically a tomato dish. Uh, I don't, I just don't want to eat that. I don't want that to be gumbo. And so, uh, is that, is that Bub? The other dog's running around. Sorry. I think your dog agrees with me. I think that's what we're learning. He got excited when you started saying these words to me. He likes when people talk down to me a little bit. (laughs) So so, Brett, while we're on the topic, uh, what is Bub's Instagram? Uh, Bub underscore the underscore GSP. He's a good boy. Yeah, my yeah. son Jack has a bub pillow. A bub. His mask has bub pictures on it. Bub is an awesome kind of dog? dog. A German short hair pointer. He is a. Uh, he's a, a beast. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a lot. Bub is anyway. awesome. So and that's a whole other episode. Yeah, and and so I, I'll just finish up on that. So yeah. while I recognize that okra tomatoes sort of being cooked down was the original gumbo. The fact of the matter is I only really go back to the 1980s in sort of as sort of a sentient being. And so the gumbo that I got there is the gumbo I associate most with being sort of the canonical gumbo, as it were. And I'm sure you're aware, and we've referenced it on this show before too, you know, there was a great article in the New York Times maybe a year or so ago called Gumbo, it was Gumbo is Dead, Long Live Gumbo, about how gumbo traditions have now branched right. out so much from that Paul Prudhomme, uh, Commander's Palace, K-Paul's traditional rue-based uh, gumbo. And so that's one of the things I think is great about gumbo is that it's, you know, we joke on the show all the time and it, on our social media accounts on Instagram and whatnot about how you can only have dark roos and you can only do it this yeah. way and tomatoes are heretical and all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is that gumbo is sort of a big tent, you right. know? And so I'd love to try your very seafood heavy uh, gumbo that you cook for the cook-off. And so maybe I'll have to make it over there sometime. But when I'm going to cook a bowl of gumbo, I'm going to right. make a roux or maybe I'm going to use roux in a jar, depending. Uh, I'm going to make a roux on the stovetop for those who don't do that, but I'm going to make it on the stove and I'm going to cook it sort of the traditional Cajun way. And like so, um, again, but I'd love to wanted, try it. Just try wanted to the, ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I, I love it. Classic, <laughs> it's a classic it's an, you know, situation where Texas, Texans and Cajuns are pretty proud people, if you haven't noticed. And it's like, as soon as you found the way that you liked it and y'all, y'all got together and, and even as a community, like the, 
the roux based gumbo is that is king now and that is it and it's Mm -hmm. like well that that's that like we've we've made our decision this is how we do it and i think that's how it's always kind of been done i mean i'm sure there was a time when they realized they could get okra year round and they're like no more sassafras no more filet that's enough right like we only do this so well here's what i think here's how i think we can all kind of band together you know maybe maybe we're like the gumbo avengers after this let's go yeah is that i think if there is a line to be drawn is there are three ways to thicken a gumbo, right? You can use a roux, yeah. you can use okra, or you can use filet. If you're if you're not using any of those three ingredients, you're not making a gumbo. Fair. Or don't Good call it a gumbo. Or don't call yeah. it a gumbo. In fact, I, I saw a comment from on our Instagram page, uh, at the gumbo show, by the way, uh, <laughs> that someone went to go get gumbo at a restaurant and their thickening agent was cornstarch. Oh, no. Like, yeah, that's... That that, that doesn't fly. count. Right. No. <clears throat> I don't know what you'd even call that. I know. I don't know. Hey, so, Brett. Soup. Gumbo adjacent soup right there. <laughs> I'm going to switch some gears here. So, Brett, you're Let's in go. Austin, Texas. Not currently, sure. but that's where you reside. Yeah. Um, currently, you're at some hunting zone with dead animals on the wall behind you. It looks great. Um, We're for those listening at home. Um, but what if I was coming to Austin texas and i wanted gumbo is there a place i should go i got i got a couple i wouldn't send you everywhere um i I did send you to evangeline cafe this and i went Um, and i got three bowls and it's on our instagram at the gumbo show austin texas and you don't and you want any sort of gumbo or any sort of cajun creole food if you don't go to evangeline cafe you're missing the ball for sure i mean just to be frank i have buddies from louisiana and they always i mean we're lsu group so i get a lot of them at, at the bar and all the whole time, it's like, there's no good Cajun here. There's no good Cajun here. I have to make it at home. I'm like, go to Evangeline Cafe. It's it's very approachable spot. Um, the guy that runs the shop is an absolute gem. He's been he's there most days. He's been open in that. That place has been open for over 30 years. Um, it's in a shopping center next to, like, a dry cleaner and a donut shop. And it's, like, right in the middle of this no town, nowhere, and absolutely crushes Cajun food. I mean, it's it's as close as you're going to get to home for you guys. And for me, it's almost like a treat. I get to go down there and have some good stuff. His gumbos are delicious. Uh, you said you had all three, the, the, the veggies. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, chicken and sausage. Amazing. So good. good. Seafood. Amazing. So good. But on the menu, he also has a uh, vegetable gumbo. Um, and it was, I mean, that's a tough chore to make in a vegetable gumbo. Right. Um, it's just a big challenge. <clears throat> so although it was it was it was tasty, but it's just hard when you call that a gumbo to like if people are going to expect certain things. And right. it was uh, you know it had basically it was okra tomato kind of like a dark soup, but it wasn't you know, but it was good. It was tasty. So I don't know. Do you have any opinions on that, Brett? Trying to do that veggie gumbo. I know Jonathan Perry's trying to work we on one of those. This, and it's a little unfair. We talked on the phone yesterday to kind of go over what what time we were what early time I had to wake up that I missed. Um, and I said, you know, at that point, if you're going to do a veggie gumbo and I'm going to beat this drum till it's, till it's loose, it would almost to me mean more. If you knew the history of gumbo to just try an old style, old school style Creole gumbo that really didn't have like the root to thicken and try to do like an okra soup and just see what that comes out as. And I've never tried that before. I'm almost interested to try that, you know, myself, but, I think, look, man, I eat a lot of meat. You can look, look around. Like we got ducks on the wall. and there's So I eat, I like meat in my gumbo, and I think that's the most important part. 
besides the Rue and the, the you know the Holy Trinity. But I don't know. I, I, I've never it never occurred to me to try is the best way to answer that, Brent. I never expect. I never try. I never thought I thought I'd try a gumbo with no no you know protein. So I don't know. Yeah, it was good. Like it was, but if it, what's interesting is that if it was called an okra tomato soup, it would have been great. But you, your yeah. mind, you're expecting, okay, gumbo. What are the elements I'm looking for? Yeah. But yeah, it was a good much. attempt for sure. It was good, and all. But I'm telling you, the seafood and the chicken and sausage were dialed in perfectly. It was I can't, so I can't good. Talk highly enough on this guy. I mean, he flies his bread in every week from yeah. uh, Louisiana. I mean, he really tries his best to give people the the best Cajun food in town, and he he does a damn good job of it. Yeah. So. Evangeline Cafe, go there and check it out. That's right. It was cold. It was rainy, and I drove Perfect. 25 minutes out of the way just to go get it, <laughs> uh, and it was worth it. And it was packed. I mean, uh, I had a good crowd. And this man, was month, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. If we're going to talk about Austin, it's not all the time, but when you get a chance to get it, I it's, in my opinion, one of the best gumbos you're going to get in town. Is uh, It's actually from a food trailer. Um, a buddy of mine runs a food trailer called Smoke and Rose, and they, they specialize in tacos, but the guy that actually runs the trailer – Really, he does all these competitions with us. Um, he missed the gumbo competition. He always seems to miss the gumbo competition. His wife was was eight months pregnant this year, so she didn't get to he didn't get to come participate. He had more important things to do. Um, but he makes one of the he makes anything he makes is a chili or a gumbo or even his soups and stews are absolutely phenomenal. I've never, I'll I'll go there just to have a a, a beer and a and a pint of of chili or stew, whatever he's making. But his gumbo. Um, bar none, probably top one or two in town uh, if you get a chance to stop by. But Is that the pink Latin one? There's a pink food truck that's supposed to have that's gumbo. That and Creole. Um, I don't have a problem with her or her gumbos. I just don't appreciate the, her style as much. She's a little fancier for me. And, and um, <laughs> again, I had her at, at one of our food. She was a food truck for us at Luster Pearl. She's amazing. She does good work. Um, I'm only not including her in my top three, but maybe my top five or six. So um hopefully she won't listen and get mad if she does i don't think i I stand by my statement sir um (laughs) we can have a combo about it the third would be um um there's a little meat market up in northeast northwest of town called um oh my goodness it's gonna it's gonna slip from me give me a minute on that one because i I don't get to go there as often as i'd like and they uh let me let me think about it for you i got to get the name of it though that's one thing i didn't write down i wrote down 1922 for rue but i didn't write that down sorry so close yeah i mean I, i have a similar question for you like if you come into louisiana are there any places you're definitely gonna stop and get a gumbo or try it out you know that's a hard one for me i don't get to come to louisiana as much as i would like I was supposed to go to the UT LSU game this year, and I was really excited for that because I was going to get just taken down the wormhole of Baton yep. Rouge and get to get to do it all. Um, <laughs> Baton Rouge is know, definitely a wormhole. It's yeah, there you go. It's it's um, it's. I don't have anything in like for sure that I go to. I always ask my buddies to tell them where I'm going. I mean, look, I haven't been to Louisiana maybe three or four years now. Um, been working been been busy but i always hit up the the ones downtown or the you know your acne oyster house i try to stop at jambalaya house i know that they have some great stuff um crystals is always a fan favorite but again i'm usually in a big group it's a bachelor party or stuff like that i don't get to really go and if i could go on a trip for just me and my girlfriend i would definitely go and, and search out some of these hole in the wall spots for some good jumbo and, and good you know any any kind of cajun creole stuff that i could do so t- what 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 do you have three for me if I go? If I'm, if I'm taking the trip from Houston, Texas to, to New Orleans, where it's two or three spots I should stop? 
Feynman? Uh, well, I mean, listen to our other episode that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, yeah. there's no, there are so wait, many, wait, honestly. Wait, 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 um, and you can get a lot of great Cajun style gumbos. I had one the other day at a place called The Store in Metairie. Uh, Dave's got a great one at Shortstop Po Boys. Uh, in Metairie is another great one. And then there's the sort of really famous ones. There's the Leah Chase Gumbos Herbs at uh, Duke Chase's restaurant. And um, uh, there's so there's just so many, you know, uh, that are famous and that are delicious. And you could really spend, as I have been doing, like spending the last three months just trying gumbo, four or five gumbos a week, it seems like. So it, it's really just, you know, which ones you want to try. And you said um, you have an episode coming out as well. Yeah, did we, we release that one. episode yet with our no. top? I don't think we have on our on our favorite our favorite, our favorite gumbos, yeah, local gumbos. Okay, which well, are gonna I gotta hear... wait and hear that one. Don't no spoilers. Let's wait. I'll email it to you. Yeah, well, the they're... other thing is go to Kaplan, Louisiana, and I think knock on any door, and they'll probably have gumbo that's probably the best you've ever had <laughs> on every house, especially <laughs> Jonathan Perry. Um, all right, I think we have to wrap this up here, guys. Feynman, you want to uh, any more questions for Brett? Any questions for us, Brett? I think we have a few more minutes, but we have to wrap no, it up man. pretty soon. Um, appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I, you know, being a Texas boy, one of the first four or five, six episodes you guys had means a lot. Um, but you know, we we appreciate what you guys bring to the culinary world. It's something we would we would have never figured out here in Texas. We're over here just smoking meats and and shooting here. We don't really pay attention to <laughs> the finer techniques of French cooking. So. Um, thanks for having me on. And again, you know, you guys ever work your way to Austin, come see me at Armadillo Den, man. We'd love to have you guys. Yeah, great. Uh, again, uh, Brett Barry, thanks for joining us so much. Brett, like he said, if you get to Austin, Texas, go to South Austin, go to the Armadillo Den, check it out. Also does great work with the gumbo cook-off for right. Operation Turkey, correct? Raising money. That's, right. That's a great cause and a great event. And Brent's been a judge. And don't take his word for it. Just go check out that event <laughs> and that cause. Um for yourself because uh, we certainly want to recommend it brett uh thanks again uh for you listeners and folks be sure to check out uh check out the armadillo den in austin check out our social media check out our website at gumboshow.us there's a merch store even you can get some of our cool dave huguenel created memes uh on t-shirts and things like that we also have instagram at doug gumbo show and a Twitter at Gumbo Show. Hit us up on our socials. Tell us what we're missing. Tell us what we're not doing right. Let us hear from you. We want to talk uh, more gumbo. And we'll, until then, we'll see you next time on the Gumbo Show. <laughs> <laughs>